You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Always aggravated. A Mike Valenti signature podcast. And we're back. Always aggravated. Another edition as we are in 17 different locales, but still bringing this to you. Uh, Roberto at home, David in, Sully in, and we've got a problem to start this deal. Anyway, I mean, it's it's at this point, I don't, I don't know what your listening habits are. Maybe podcast more, maybe less, maybe not at all. But if you're hearing it, subscribe. If you're checking it out for the first time, rate, review. Love to have you aboard. I mean, it's free. You can't complain too much. Um, but we have a bit of an issue, and I want to lead with David because this is something I think every human being right now, it is trite. It is insignificant in the short term. This is not uh, like some people I work with uh, being overly dramatic about things. This is just having a little fun. But David has an issue, and I had a conversation with a buddy of mine in Florida who had the same issue. And I'm mortified at the prospect of having to do it. But David, please, I want you to lead with this. This is good. Yeah, Mike, you're right. It is trite. It's not that serious. It's not life or death. But you know, we're dealing with this stay-at-home order, and now the in in our state of the state of Michigan, no salons are open, no barbershops are open, no uh, you can't get your nails done, and so I'm dealing with a situation where I cannot get my haircut. The last haircut I received was three weeks ago, and now with the president extending this to April 30th. I'm not sure how long I'm going to go without a haircut. Could I go seven? Could I go eight weeks possibly without a haircut? So I thought to myself the other day, I said, you know what? I should just cut my hair off and go bald. I should just get rid of everything on the top of my head and start over. Because by the time I can get a haircut, maybe it's all back. Maybe it's close. You've always taken pride, too. Like, you go to the same barber, yes. you make your appointment, Yes, he lines you up tight. Yes. Like, you take pride in your appearance? No, because David has to look good for church. Yes. There's no playing around there. David can't show Mike, you don't get it. If David showed up looking like a bum, his <laughs> uncle, the pastor, would call his ass out right in the middle of Corinthians. David always <laughs> like, looks good, man. It's, it's always, whenever there's a uh, Tiger's Day game, I can count that David's going to stroll in with yes. a fresh cut. Yeah, lined up, tight, the beard, (laughs) fully lined up. No, but okay. So, David, here's my question. And this is where short term, I think the solution is easy because you wear your hair short. Yes. You you have a beard trimmer, right? Yes, I do. Why can't you just run it with the guard, let's say, one millimeter, two millimeters? Run the whole thing. Literally, take 15 minutes and just get every uneven hair. Bring it all even. And then go down for you don't need to go bick bald. You're thinking of bicking? 
Yeah, I am. I'm thinking about just getting really? the bick out and just completely getting rid of everything because of what you just will said. You, will you go Shaquille O'Neal style where the beard stays but you're bald? Oh, yeah. If I cut the top of my head, the beard is staying. I will try to oh, line that wow. up. I will try to make that clean as possible, and I will get rid of everything on the top of my head because what you just suggested, I'm afraid of. I'm Why? afraid of using the guard and going and trying to make it look even and make it look right because I well, don't think take it can the guard, ever look the best. <clears throat> you mm. could take the guard off and just go. No, I can't. No, I can't. See, no. Why? I'm heavy handed. So if I don't have a guard, if I don't use a guard, no, I'm no, going to take a chunk I'm saying, on my take top it, of the head. Right. Take it to the stubs, mm. but leave stubble. Give yourself an out before you make that decision. I'm saying you start out going with a one. Uh-huh. Then you can go with a half. Then the choice is you're either going Bic or you're going to leave it stubbly. I, I think you should try it stubbly first. <laughs> but see, you also have a bit of an issue. Let, we, we need to be honest well, with each other you go. in these yeah. times of crisis. <laughs> you are uh, thinning in certain areas. Yes. So if you go stubble, it's going to exacerbate it. Exactly. And you're, okay, so you really are, David, I, I think you go, now, now the choices are as follows, and you're not going to like them. I think you either grow this thing out full fro oh. or you bick. <laughs> See, I, I, I think you, you either go full Angela Davis 1974 fro mm -hmm. or bick. See, but see, David, you don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, because you and I have had this conversation before, mm -hmm. when Mike just said, hey, you know, take it to a one around the sides, you don't know what any of that stuff means. No. Because you've told me that before. I've, I've said, yeah, you know, I've done a, a, a two on the sides and a, and a one or whatever, and then you'll say, oh, what is that? We don't do that at my barbershop. We don't have these numbers that white people have. Yeah, I don't know what it is. They know what it is. And here's the thing. My sister, she does hair. She went to school for this. So... I'm sure there's a way I can, like, you know, FaceTime her and she can kind of walk me through what a one is and what it's supposed to look like and how far to go. Yeah. I just don't trust myself that I can get it done by myself. So I, I just want to get rid of it, just, just completely go bald. That's what I think I'm going to do because, you know, if you have an iPhone, if you're a listener, you have an iPhone, you have those, you know, memoji things that you create. Yeah. And I, and I created one. With a fro on it, because I'm thinking, you know, if I can't get a oh, haircut for eight weeks, then let's see what I look like with a fro on. And I look horrible on that thing. I know that's oh, just something. Stop it. I know that's something you make up to make it look like yourself, but I looked awful. So I thought, why not go the other way? Why not there just go, go bald? So let me ask you a question, because this could actually look really good. I want your opinion. What about something along the lines of a Frederick Douglass? <laughs> like he had the black Albert Einstein look. Could you do that? Where it's not an even fro. It was almost like a perm. Like what? What was that? See, but then I have to go to the store and I have to buy something, right? Do I really want to go to the store right now and get that? I don't know, but I'm going to send you this picture. <laughs> and if I see you at the end of this pandemic and you roll in in a suit with this perm, hold on. I got it. David, I'm going to do this while we're taping this pod. Hold on. You, you two. Hey, Phil, I'm going to take a picture of my computer screen. Hold yeah. on. I know what you're talking about. See, but Frederick Douglass, Douglass had the white hair, so it, it didn't look as bad. I don't think I can pull this off. I don't think there's any way I can pull the Frederick Douglass look off. Well, people already compare you to, you know who they compare you to? 
Oh, I, I got to send Kevin this Durant. to you. Kevin Durant. Durant. This yeah. is, I mean, David has got to show up like this. At the, David, at the end of the pandemic, we're going to do a before and after. This, David, this is a power haircut. And what I'm going to do, too, is I am going to just put this in the group text with me, you, and Roberto. Except Roberto's not here and he doesn't know what we're talking about. So all that's going to show up is a random picture of Frederick Douglass. This is perfect. David, what would it take to do this to your hair? Oh, Tell no. Me. I don't think David, I... No. Pull that up. Look at that. No. How do you do that, though? Like, what is that? I have no it's, idea. It's not a fro where it's in, like, a gumball shape. Right. It's, it's this... I don't know, man. Like, it's power. Yeah, I don't... I don't think you that can't can do ever, that. No, that can't be done. Okay. No, All right. that can't be done. But but Sully does bring up something that he, he just, just looks like a badass. Well, of course he was beyond the historic behind the his beyond <laughs> the historical perspective. I'm saying just from a physical attri- attribute, you're like part suave, part aristocrat, part freedom fighter. This dude is a badass. He looks like someone you don't want to mess with. I will say that. And then oddly enough, when you look at old Frederick Douglass. He morphed into the guy from the TV show. Look at this. Hold on. Look at this picture. Uh, he looks like Fred Sanford. <laughs> Hold on. Like young Frederick Douglass, sex symbol. Yes. Old Frederick Douglass, Sanford and Sons. Yes, I see that. Yeah, I can Look see at that. that. Oh, my. Wow. All right. My point is that hairstyle, no chance? No, that's no chance. That, that can't happen. That can't happen. But Sully brings up that, you know, people compare my look to Kevin Durant. Yes. So maybe I just do that. Maybe I just don't brush it. Maybe I don't comb it. Maybe I don't do anything to it. And it just looks like Kevin Durant. I am equally balding. You're right about that. All right. Well, I mean, listen. You have got that before plenty. There's no one at the office. You have the opportunity to wear a hat. Right. Why not just do it today? Just bick. Just do it. Dude, I did it when I was 25 for no reason. I just got tired of, like, haircuts I didn't like, and mm-hmm. I'm like, to hell with it. I don't know. Maybe I'd look decent. Well, And, and I, I am, just went with it. I am at that age in my family. All the guys seem to, at around 35, 36, just get rid of it. They just cut it off. Uh, my uncle did it. My dad did it. My grandfather did it. So I'm there. I'm at that age to where, you know what, just do it now, and then I'm never going to have a hair again. Maybe I do it that way. And just say, COVID-19 created me, and I'm just going to continue this way. But see, you mentioned your family, though. If there's no... Generally, it's said that what? Your mother's father, right, is where you get your hair from? Yeah, Hereditary. I think so, yes. But there's no true science to it. They're no. really, it it's based on a ton of different stuff, but that's no. kind of the old, the old belief that that's where you get your hair from. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see this weekend if I come back Monday and I have no hair. We'll see. <laughs> Excuse me, apologies, we don't have a cough button in there. All right, guys, well, maybe you're working from home right now, or maybe you are working and just need a a little pick-me-up if you're tired of that tired feeling. You're not alone. In fact, research shows that more than 70% of us hit the wall after right about lunchtime. So let a five-hour energy shot help you leap over that wall instead of crashing into it. Five-hour energy helps you get through your day with zero sugar, four calories, and a convenient portable size. It's the perfect pick-me-up for busy, hardworking people even if you are working from home. Available in two great extra-strength tropical tastes. I've tried them. They're fantastic. Strawberry, banana, and tropical burst. They're delicious and can take you to a tropical get-stuff-done experience. So go to 5hourenergy.com to learn more. Let's get into this. I I think we are being given a bit of a sports treat. We were not supposed to get the Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls documentary until June. 
And I was okay with that. But it is, news broke last night, it's going to be moved up. Now, I think you can tell how desperate ESPN is for programming. But it is a 10-part series on the Chicago Bulls, on Jordan. Um, I'm all about it. That's my childhood. That's when I fell in love with the NBA. But I think this is going to be maybe the, the, the most highly watched 30 for 30 ESPN doc they've ever released. Because they have a completely captive audience. They have a complete audience that is starving for sports. And you are putting up the athlete, arguably of all time, in Michael Jordan. And for guys that are older like me, it's nostalgia. And you crave it. You want it. It's why we love John Tesh's uh, round ball rock so much. Mm -hmm. If you're younger, it's going to be a chance for you to actually see and learn more about really what is a mythical team and a mythical character in Jordan. I, I think everyone watches it. I, I just wanted to see where you guys were at with it. I'm incredibly fired up. That's coming. Yeah, and I think that obviously, you know, I remember Michael Jordan as the great wizard. No, I'm just messing. But he, uh, I, I've always appreciated, and I know that people joke about oh, I'm such a LeBron slappy, which I am, but I've always appreciated learning more about that stuff, of course. And I think it's, it's a, uh, Look, it's needed right now. It's a good decision, and, and sure, they're hurting for programming. There's no doubt about that. But it's a good decision to bump this up because it's going to get a ton of uh, of buzz, a ton of traction. You know, it's people are dying to to watch something, a ten part series of something interesting like that right now. I think it'll do. I think it'll do fantastic. Look, this is something that, as a fan, as a basketball fan, growing up in that era, wanted to understand the ins and outs of this team. Because being a Pistons fan, knowing the history between Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman and what happened in that rivalry in the early or the late 80s and the early 90s and them fighting and then doing things and then them becoming teammates on the Chicago Bulls. I always wanted to know the inside to how the relationship actually was on the team. Did they like each other? Were they fighting was was there was there hate between the two? But when it came to on the court, they did what they needed to do. Like there are some inside things I want to know. The Tony Kukoc situation. If you look back with the history of that and how Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan went at him in the Olympics years before, and now they're teammates because they forced them, kind of forced them to come back or come to the United States. What was that relationship like? You know, there are a lot of ends that I want to see with this documentary and how relationships were. And, you know, did people really like Jordan on the team? You know, he was such a, you know, a, a tough teammate to be with. Did they like him or did they not like him? Did they go after him? Yeah. How, how often did he go after the uh, his teammates? That's what I want to see. I think Sully's going to be mortified at how rough the game was. Yeah, it was rough. Just how brutal oh, it was. God. You know, like, like never watched, I've never how watched film before. But Mike, Mike, you weren't immersed in it. Like, you, you didn't grow up on Knicks and Heat, on Celtics Pistons. Like, you, you didn't grow up on that stuff. When it's, when it's the reality, and it's not just a YouTube highlight clip, but you're watching the NBA on NBC and you're watching Celtics Blazers or Celtics Pacers and Bird getting slammed to the floor it, and cracking no, his it's cranium. Totally different. I get Bro, it. I it's get a it. different yeah. deal. And then you see how the game's evolved. And I love the NBA and I love the new version of it, but make no mistake about it. A lot of these dudes who play now who think they're hard, they ain't hard. Mm -hmm. That's the laughable part of it all. Certain guys, like Jimmy Butler could play back then. 
Yep. Jimmy Butler's hard. But like some of these dudes who want to act like they're tough and they're not, oh, please. It, it, Mike, that's the it's a beauty totally when game. you see this. Yep. And let me. You no know, YouTube for, highlight reel is going to show you that. Well, and just for. Uh, if you're everyone wondering what exactly, you know, we've explained it, but here's the description that ESPN lists as to what exactly it is this documentary is going to be. So The Last Dance takes an in-depth look at the Chicago Bulls dynasty through the lens of the final championship season in 97-98. The Bulls allowed an NBA entertainment crew to follow them around for that entire season, and some of that never-before-seen footage will be in the documentary. But then, in addition, ESPN spoke to more than 100 people close to the team and personalities who experienced the run, exploring all angles of the Michael Jordan phenomenon. So it's it seems like it's just going to be extremely uh, extremely in depth. There's no doubt about that. Well, I think the other thing too is like J- Jordan. You would watch him in a way that only I'm trying to really think only LeBron approached it. Where like you'd watch because it was LeBron, but Jordan was another level. Yeah. Times were different. There weren't as many games on TV. Watching Michael Jordan was... I don't know that we're ever going to see it again. I don't think yeah. we'll ever see it again in sports. Like, it, it's just... I think it's why I get so excited when, you know, Anthony Davis was coming out of Kentucky or Zion this year. Like, when you get those once-a-decade guys that there's at least a narrow path that they could become that. Because I think Jordan represented... Something that non-basketball fans watched, basketball fans watched. You loved them, you watched. You hated, you watched. You watched. Yeah, yep. you did. You just watched. You had to. Yep. I mean, it, it was... And look, I make no mistake about it. I mean, when they played the Sonics in the finals, I was rooting for the Sonics. When they played the Jazz, I was rooting <laughs> for the Jazz. Like, I, I wanted somebody to take them down. But it's just... I don't know, man. Like, there's something nostalgic about it, and I I can't wait to watch. Now, 10 parts? Ten. Yes. That might be a little much. The 10-part series that beginning might be a little April. Much. Yeah, beginning April 19th. Yeah, it's 10 parts, but it's just five days. So they're running two yeah. hours per day when they air this thing. Wow. So that right there. But, Mike, you just said it. Even when you hate it, you watched I couldn't stand Michael Jordan growing right. up. I hated him, but yet I was there watching. Yes, I was rooting against him every chance I get against the Supersonics, against the um, the uh, Phoenix Suns. You know, I wanted them to lose badly, but they never did against the Jazz. And look, I hated Carmelo. Malone. I hated John Stockton. But at that moment, I was like, you know what? Beat Michael Jordan because I don't want him to win. And they just couldn't beat him. They could never beat him. Okay, UHY's top priority is the health and safety of their colleagues and clients. While the professionals are temporarily working remotely, they remain committed to delivering the next level of service clients expect. UHY is monitoring emerging tax policies and are actively assisting clients with strategies to navigate the economic hardships of the coronavirus pandemic. They're focused on delivering high-quality, cutting-edge strategy and timely service even during these challenging times. UHY has made significant investments in technology that allows them to effectively communicate, process data, and even deliver tax returns, financial statements, and consulting advice virtually. So during such troubling times, planning opportunities do exist for individuals and businesses alike. Tax planning during stock market volatility, looking at retirement packages, gifting, and more. UHY is here for you. From their 350 home offices, UHY 
Certified public accountants call 586-254-1040 or visit uhy-us.com. By the way, this is uh, just kind of just saw this a moment ago. Did you see they just canceled Wimbledon? I just saw that a little while ago, yeah. First time ever. What are the dates on Wimbledon? I believe that's in uh, June. Or mm. nah, let me look. Yeah, so 2020 Wimbledon, that Wimbledon, Wimbledon, uh, Monday, Wimbledon. Monday, June 29th uh, begins. It ends on on Sunday, June. Uh, excuse me, Sunday, July 12th, 2020. So the end of June to ju- middle of July, and they yep. canceled it. Yeah. Now. Yeah. <sighs> wow. Wow. That's what we're starting to see. Absolutely, we've talked about you it. Start to see these dates. You start to see stuff like that. Yep. That's when you start to get my attention for football season. Yeah. I still can't imagine that they're going to make that call. I can't. But when you see events, like, again, I don't have this collection of events that's canceled in late June, but Wimbledon is. So, sorry. Didn't mean to break no, the Jordan it's, conversation. It's uh, – and I see, obviously, yesterday with the owners' meetings and whatnot, they were – it came out and said, yes, we fully expect the NFL season to go on as planned, and we expect to have fans in the crowd, too. And then you saw some reports come out this morning, last night. Various websites were speaking to all sorts of doctors and all sorts of experts that were a lot of which predicted there's, there's no chance that there could be football with fans this fall. They said they could, a lot of doctors have said you could play football probably this fall, but the odds of having 70,000 people in a stadium is, is very unlikely at this point. You just wonder what it'll all be like, what it'll look like. Yeah. I mean, home field advantage would go out the window. Yes, it That's would. gone. None of that matters. How do you handle a player contracting coronavirus? Yep. Do you just put him on the injury report as COVID-19 and he goes home for three weeks? Is that what it is? Right. No, literally. Yeah, it would. Does the players union even allow for it? See, th- these are all things, and I don't, I don't like going this far down the road. Like, we don't know what antivirals will be developed. We don't know if existing drugs in a certain cocktail could, you know, keep people off of ventilators. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, what people don't realize is if you end up on a ventilator, there's only a 20 to 25 percent shot of you getting off the ventilator. That's that's the that's the bottom line. I mean. Sure. Andrew Cuomo just said it. I mean, it's it's the truth. So I start to look and I wonder, like, okay, do we get to a point once we get to the apex and it comes back down, we have to resume business at some point. Mm-hmm. You have to. We can't just shut for a year. Can't happen. So you have to really look at it and go, okay, are players going to be willing? Are teams going to be willing? Right. What are the liabilities? How do we handle how do you handle it if Matthew Stafford gets COVID nineteen and now you're without your starting quarterback for a month? Right. Like there's there's things that go beyond fans. Yep. I mean, I think we're more than happy to just watch games on television, but are players gonna be willing? Well, see, and that's the thing I've I've wondered, even okay, let's look past that. Let's say the players are willing. Let's say they, you know, they're saying, you know what, we're fine, I'm willing to play, let's go. But now I worry about the quality of play and what it looks like. Because when you have young teams like the Arizona Cardinals, no OTAs, who knows when training camp starts, you know, you can't get a Kyler Murray to work out with his receivers right now. You can't go into the facility and work mm-hmm. on your offense. Yep. In Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, now a new quarterback there with them and those receivers. He can't work out with those. And, you know, you think about the Phillip Rivers in Indianapolis, you think about it, and what does the quality of play even look like if they decide and say we're fine with playing? You know, do you have the young teams that are supposed to take a step up? 
that now take a step back because they can't work out. What does it look like overall? Well, I mean, I mean, David, if you want to go down that path too, like, look, the NFL is going to do their draft. And I, I love how Goodell said he was going to punish anyone who said that they weren't going to have a draft. Or, I mean, I, I get it to a point. I mean, listen, they have the floor right now. The NFL's always been about business. The NFL doesn't care about anybody. They're about business. And the business right now is they've got the floor. There's nothing else going on in sports. They've got complete attention. And Goodell ain't giving that up. I mean, you can you can say he's a scumbag. You can say he's tone deaf. I mean, he's probably all those things. It doesn't care. Never has. This is about the NFL owning the moment. But this is different. You're not playing. You're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen. Do you think it makes a difference Skyping with a, with, or, or Zooming with a, with a prospect versus sitting down? I, probably not. Right. You either like the player or you don't. He's either going to answer the questions the way you want or you don't. You like the film or you don't. You know, I, I think what will happen here is that teams aren't going to be able to do as much. I think the good GMs will continue to be good. Yeah. The bad GMs are, are going to look even worse because this is different. And people that are very limited in their ability can't handle different. But beyond that, when you start talking about training camps, OTAs, games, I'm just waiting until we, we get the calendar into May before I even start to think about it. Yep. I want to see what this apex looks like. Mm-hmm. I want to see if we are we hitting it in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. You hear different reports for different states. You're going to have to get to a point where all states – are on the other side of it, you're going to have to have, A, it's going to have to be legal to do what you want to do, but B, do you have the players' unions buy-in? Do you have owners worried about liabilities? Are we adding a a COVID-19 clause into the CBA? I mean, look, there's just, there's a lot of stuff to deal with, and I don't know how you deal with it now because we have such limited information. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to do what Kirk Herbstreit did. Kirk Herbstreit's not a doctor. No. I'm not doing that. I don't have the ability or authority to tell you what we are or are not doing. I just think there's a lot of things that need to get handled, and we can't handle them right now because we don't know enough. Well, and I think, too, that obviously a lot of people are just trying to look ahead and, I guess, I guess hope that football season goes on, and of course we do. But, Mike, I don't know, man. Like, you're right. We can't be Kirk Herbstreit. We can't just say it's not going to happen. Of course we can't do that. And, and as we've talked about many times, there's a lot bigger issues going on if football season is not happening. But certainly when you see these dates, when you see the city of Toronto the other day, when you see Virginia push back their dates, when you see Wimbledon get canceled, of course, the, the mental clock, the mental time frame that people have that keeps getting pushed further now into midsummer, I think that, that definitely at least raises people's uh, sports fans' questions of if that will go on in the fall. I think that's there's no doubt about that. That actually happens. Yeah, but there also is, Mike, listen, this is not China. This is not Russia. Uh, and this isn't even attitudinally or from a societal standpoint, Europe. Mm-hmm. I don't think Americans and American culture, I don't think Americans are going to abide sitting in their houses for five, six, no. eight months. No. It's not going to happen. Nope. This isn't about what's right or wrong. This isn't about what scientifically is right or wrong. This country doesn't have the authoritarian rules of other places. And it doesn't have, there's almost an obedience factor in other countries that we don't have. 
We, we look at rules, and, and the first word to our mind is rebel. Mm-hmm. So, I, Mike, sports is directly tied to all of this yep. in that there's going to have to be normality. There's going to have to be a return to it. Because I, I, if it doesn't, I feel like we'll just lose cabin pressure here. You know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe that sounds well, insane to some people, but I'm trying to look at this as who we are as a country. I, I, am, I am atypical. If the government tells me stay inside your house through August, guess what I'm going to do? Stay inside my house through August. Yep. But I'm atypical in that regard. And, and while the places that are asking for cooperation are by and large getting it right now, that's, that's a matter of days and weeks. Let's check back in in 60 days and tell me what people are doing. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Well, I would right. be shocked if Americans played ball. Yeah, yeah. To- I mean, totally. People are going to keep going stir crazy. Um, I think that I want to read this because this is actually from a doctor. This, is, this person's name is Dr. Binney, um, microbiologist specializing in infectious diseases and public health. And he was quoted on talk. It was on a bunch of talk shows quoted about the NFL and whatnot. Here's what he said. I think it's possible to have pro sports, including the NFL, come back. But I wanted to find what comeback means. I think it's a lot easier to have football games without spectators, for example, because it's a huge, huge difference from that perspective from a virus's ability to spread. It's totally different to have maybe 200, 250 people in a stadium, coaches, players, broadcast, etc., versus 70,000 screaming fans. Those are just completely different levels at, at which, have, which we have ability to control the virus. So I think if football is going to come back, two things need to happen. One is we need to be really, really disciplined about social distancing and getting into this rebuild. But could we have the NFL on TV in the fall? It's possible if we are also okay with having it without fans. I just don't feel like sports without fans works. I know. As great as the at-home environment is, and just because I don't go to games anymore. Watching games with no fans and what that would be. Yeah. I mean, it's part of the reason why I have a hard time believing you'll play the games with no fans long term. I mean, think about the NBA. Like, I, I now more than ever, I'm starting to wonder about the viability of it and whether we're just not going to finish this season ever few weeks back, I floated the idea of just resume in July or resume in August, but don't start the next season until Christmas. Right. Mm-hmm. I've said it. Barkley said it. Coward said it. Lots of smart people have said it. But now that doesn't even seem possible because what? You're going to play playoff games with no fans. Right. Right. Are, are the play like are players going to do that? What happened? What happens if Anthony Davis contracts COVID-19 and now he's Done for the playoffs? Is that what we're doing? Do we have to send the whole team home? Like, you start to look through this and go, okay, we're, we're talking about what's safe to do or what we think we can do. Is anyone asking whether players are going to be willing? Is anyone thinking about the, the, yep. the viability of it all? I, I, I wonder about that. It's, a, it's those moving parts that a lot of people aren't talking about right, right now. It is. Because a lot of people don't realize that that will happen where there sadly there's going to be a player that will unfortunately get it and then you're going to have to uh figure out how you're going to go about dealing with that there's there's that's something that definitely will happen that you need to prepare for